Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner, and as usual, I am joined by my good friend, Hal Edward Runkel. Hal, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. You know what I like about today? What do you like about today? Uh, you and I are not wearing similar clothes. As this is, <laughs> as is unfortunately. I, people who don't know us, people mm. who... who uh, and in fact, there are some people who are out there who don't even know what we look like. Um, but this is one of the. And things. they are the blessed, <laughs> the blessed ones, are they not? <laughs> this is one of the things that that troubles us so greatly is that you and I have this weird tendency through no coordination <laughs> efforts ever. So yesterday we both show up and we're both wearing yellow sweaters. What are the odds? I know. Yellow sweaters. I know. We, we've been known to. We we uh, we were at a retreat together back and in October. Showed up in and black. We both show up downstairs black. wearing black sweaters, black with like purple, sweaters. with like purple undershirts. Too. Yeah, with with a purple a shirt purple, underneath. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, they. It's really annoying. So today, I am uh, I'm so, pleased uh, that uh, that you went with the full on suit today. I did. Yeah, just for you. Was it just for me? Well, I figured... you knew we had yeah, to be here doing this. Exactly. Yeah, you I want fig- to look your best for a podcast. And I figured <laughs> you wouldn't be wearing a suit. So, see, this is what I... I figured this way, we won't be dressed I, the same. I, I never wear suits unless I'm going to a funeral. I, and so no. I actually assumed today yes. that you were, you were going to a funeral. Well, we have been to a number this we, year already. We have. You and I ridiculous. both went to a, a number of funerals this and year. And another great man that I knew just passed away yesterday, And uh, but his funeral is not for... Till after the holidays, and there was one um, uh, last week. Yes, for another yes. great, another great, great man, man that we could uh, have gone both of us were traveling or something. It's just, uh, it's been a lot. It has been really, really good men. This is uh, this mentors. Has been one of those years, and and it seems like this happens, yeah. you know, periodically, it's like a seasonal thing. You know, yeah. you'll go these long stretches, and there won't be any, mm-hmm. and then uh, some years, like this year, there have been just a number of great, great men. Yeah, I. I there's been four. Uh, there's been now six this year. Wow, men that I considered mentors. Yeah, right. And I, I've gone to four of those funerals, and then one coming up. Right. And my my uncle in San Diego. And That's we, we've right. We've talked about this on some of the podcasts mm-hmm. before. That that um, uh, we both actually think it is beneficial to go not only go to funerals ourselves when yes. we have the opportunity, but to, to take our kids with us. Uh, if we can, absolutely. Yeah, I've pulled my... The last one, I pulled my kids out of school to, to go to that one because they had grown to know him. And one of the oh difficult things that I think is important to talk about this time of year, mm-hmm. uh, as we are you know in, in this sort of season of Advent that we've been talking about the last few weeks here on the podcast, Yes, um, uh, this week's theme is actually joy. Mm-hmm. Joy. So, so the th- major themes of Advent are uh, peace, hope, joy, and love. And this week is is focused on the theme of joy. Uh, and joy is certainly that's like a, a, a super popular theme in the holiday season. Joy to the world and, course, and all of that right. kind of stuff. But the reality is, for a lot of people. This isn't a joyful season. Holidays ain't joyous, right? You know, and uh, and so for a lot of people, this is the first Christmas without Grandpa. Or... I I uh, emailed one of our mutual good friends, Don McLaughlin. Right, one yeah. of the funerals we you and I went to was his dad. Was his dad this yeah. year, who was such a monumental figure. And today in Don's is actually life. Don's birthday. And today yeah, is Don. So I uh, texted him last night saying, "Hey, buddy, I was just thinking about you." Um, 
first Christmas without your dad. Yeah. And he said, it's amazing. I just got a, my first, he was having a celebrate his birthday early with his mother. Oh, yeah. That sent him a card. And he said, it's the first card I've gotten not signed by my father as well. Oh, yeah. You know? Sure. And, and that's the, one of the things about holidays is it's, it, any anniversary that happens, whether it's a birthday, mm-hmm. right? Anything you celebrate annually. Yes. Birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, right? Easter, a uh, family trip that you used to do every yeah, time. Yeah, an anniversary. An an- right. Yeah, yeah, anything that you do a- annually. They just remind you of who is not there. Yeah, it's true. Because you do, you know, a family reunion or something like that, something that you do annually, whether it's a family trip, a vacation, right. or something like that, um, you and your family, you and your your sister, uh, always get together every year for Christmas, you yes. know. And um, when you do those kind, when you have those kinds of gatherings, particularly where it's the same people, same cast of characters. Right. I mean, my my, you mentioned me, and my sister, and and our two kids, and her two kids have gotten together for every single Christmas of their mm-hmm. lives. And we're about to get together with them next week. And my son, my 15-year-old son, actually just stated, uh, do we ha- even have to have presents? Because all, all I can think about, I, wish, I just can't wait to be with them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. My 15-year-old son Think about how, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, he's not saying, can't, you know. I mean, he's been sick, and so maybe, you know, medication <laughs> talking or fever something. Fever dream. Yeah, it's a fever yeah, dream yeah, something, that he's having. Yeah. Something, but we just love it. I mean... If you think about it, regardless of what religious tradition you have come from, mm-hmm. one of the great gifts that the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, have given to the world is this amazing story, their story of creation, where uh, the so-called creator of the universe right. pronounces that it is not good. Everything is good about creation except one thing, one it thing. is not good. The first good. thing that, that the, the Jewish and Christian Bible... Yes. Proclaim as not good is, is for is not good for man to be alone. Right, and so, that's what we feel. Yeah, this idea that we are created like it's it's in our hardwiring. Right. We're hardwired for connection. Yes, like that. and holidays are the time that you share and strengthen mm-hmm. and test. Yeah, that connection. Yeah, and so people feel it when either the connection has been severed by death. Or, I think actually sometimes worse, uh, that connection's been severed uh, by conflict. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, And so you, uh, and you've talked pretty openly in here about how uh, the divorce of your parents had a a negative impact on you. Very much so, yes. And and so there was that first year for you. Yeah. When... uh, And I will say that to my parents' credit, uh, because, and you've been to my house, we we do Christmas... You do it up big. We do yeah, it we, up big. We had the, the Christmas party, the, the office Christmas party was at your house last yes. week, and I saw how many trees? No, just one tree, but how many Santas? Oh, okay, okay. Yes. It's all the Santas. Oh, yeah, there, yeah. there had to be 50. And there was food somewhere. and decorations oh, everywhere, crazy. and music playing yes. throughout the house, and different music playing outside, and different music well, you playing Well, yeah, was... you have to have themes, according to the room, <laughs> John. You got to have Silly the uh, yeah, John, yeah come, serious. Let me share with serious you serious XM holiday Holly playing <laughs> in in the gather family gathering room, right. and then now and then outside by the fire is the traditional. Anyways, yeah, you your house is Christmas central, and because my parents gave us that legacy that when I was eleven and we had the first year post divorce, mm-hmm. and my parents did a fairly radical thing is my mother came because she she moved out. 
and had her own apartment. But uh, for the like the next three or four Christmases, my mother came and spent the night in a guest room in the house we all grew up in, that so is, that we would be all together Christmas morning. That's remarkable. Yeah. I'm still amazed I, I, yeah, by that. Yeah, it really that is that remarkable. Yeah. There are so many of those kinds of things that your parents and every everybody can tell stories about times when their parents got it wrong. Sure, but but even in the midst of that, I think that's one of those things that set you up at a very early age to see that it was possible. And if you think about it, if there's one holiday that would bring that, could bring that, it would be one would think yes. Yeah. And right. yet, for for so many people, the the reality is exactly the opposite. In fact, for so many people who are listening to this right now, though they are still married, mm-hmm. they might as well be sleeping in separate bedrooms. You know, sure. it, it, it it is remarkable how Christmas time and and Christmas itself that day. There's so much stress and so much pressure leading up to it. Yeah, I've got a number of clients, uh, couples that I'm I'm working with now, and and man. It, you're going through turmoil. You're wondering, you know, should I stay or should I go? You're wondering, is, is and uh, getting to this, are we going to have to fake it in front yeah. of the kids? Because they haven't made a decision yeah. whether or not they're sure. going to divorce. And and it's just a, let's just get through it. Yeah. Let's just get, so joy is the opposite of what they're thinking. It's dread yeah. is what it, they're thinking, the, the, what they're feeling. It is a heaviness yeah. for them. Dread. You know, and, and uh, my, my parents... You and I were talking about how many of our friends and, and how many of our mentors we've lost. Right. For my parents, these these weren't mentors. These were people that these were their peers. peers right. You know. Right. And, and for my parents, they're in their late seventies now. So many of their peers, yeah, have passed. Every single mm-hmm. year, that it, it seems to be accelerating. Right. And my parents are looking around now, realizing they've survived most of the the deaths of their peers. Right. You know? And, and my mother, for, for whatever reason, so many other things feeding into this, but my mother has really taken the death of her brother hard. Mm-hmm. Just having a very difficult time sort of moving mm. past it. And so for people, whether they're affected by conflict or by de- uh, death, mm-hmm. you know, just by the realities of life as you get older, with joy... Is hard to come by. Well, it gets and it gets squeezed out just by the pressures of the 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 holidays themselves because people feel the, so much pressure of everybody's expectations. We talked about that last week <laughs> yeah. in the podcast, but the pressure just builds so much that it squeezes out any joy because what it means is you can only uh, you can only be. Adequate to people's expectations. There's no surpassing them right, because yeah. the, expectations yeah, the expectations are so, are so high. high yeah. So if you do your absolute very best, people will, uh, you'll be adequate. Oof. People, oh. People's expectations will be met. So anything less That's than just that. crushing. Yes. The weight of that is just crushing just hearing it. Yeah. So get a hundred <laughs> or get a zero. It's basically yeah, pass yeah, fail. Seriously, it really is. And pass it's not fail. even pass fail. It's, it's, uh, Perfect or fail. Yeah. That's what creates the pressure. Perfect or failure. Ugh. And that's just, that's a brutal, brutal, uh, when you realize that's the expectation that's been placed upon you. Well, and that's... There's no way to squirm out of that. The The difficulty is, and this is part of the journey, I think, of going through counseling. And certainly it's been my journey as as a counselee. Sure. Uh, is that what you call them? Counselee? Counselee. <laughs> Right, you uh, and I are both uh, in a position where we we both sit on both sides of the table frequently. Yes, 
So sometimes we had a counselor and sometimes we had a counselee. Right, and I've got a you know therapy practice that I've been doing for years and years, and I've right. seen thousands and thousands of hours, and and it's um, it's usually the same thing. Uh, it's the journey of beginning to see that all of the expectations that you have felt thrust upon you are only felt to the degree that they match what you're putting yeah. on, from within you as you well. You have to buy into it. Yeah. It's only as powerful as your buy-in, which means you begin to recognize that all of the pressure is usually coming from within. Mm. It's coming from inside the house. Yes. Robert Persig talks about these things as if they were ghosts. Yes. And and he talks about how uh, every culture has ghost stories, mm-hmm. you know, and they are real to the extent that people believe them. Right. Uh, but he says the, the remarkable thing about ghosts is, generally speaking... When you move towards it, it loses its power. Mm-hmm. You discover as you move towards it, oh, that's just the draperies right, flapping right. in the breeze. Oh, See that's it for just, what it really you, is. Exactly. Yeah. And, and when you embrace the thing you're most afraid of, it it drops away. It, it loses. You realize it has only as much power over me as my imagination was giving it from the other side of the room. Yes. And yet we are terrified to walk towards the things of which we are terrified. Yes. That's the paradoxical nature of fears. That's why, you know, the famous fear itself thing, quote, yeah, from, the only from, thing we have fear from is Roosevelt, fear itself. right? Because it's the fear itself that creates the manifestations in our minds of those things that we're afraid of. I'm afraid of my mother's disappointment. Okay, well, it's not like that that's based in complete... Right, it didn't come out of a vacuum. Yes, I mean you, (laughs) you have tasted that disappointment before, but your fear of that disappointment is not based on the power of the disappointment itself. It's based on your reaction to the disappointment, how much you allow it to impact you. Well, and it's based on the anticipation of something that may be right. That that isn't even a real thing yet. Sure, we're afraid of what might happen. Yeah, and I was having a conversation with someone uh, re- very recently where they said, "Oh, I'm afraid," and I said, "Well, tell me what you're afraid of." Well, this, 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 and this, and I said, "Your fears sound like they're based on three maybes that have to happen consecutively." Mm-hmm. Uh, rapidly sure. in order for your worst possible case scenario to come through. Yeah, there's a whole school of thought, uh, school of therapy. I, I don't subscribe, I don't do it, I don't practice it, but just basically leads people down, all right, what's the worst case scenario? Yeah. Right? And how many times has the worst possible case scenario actually happened? Very few times. Infinitesimal. Yes. You know, chance that the worst possible will happen. Right. And if it did, then what? Then what? And I think this is part of the allure of movies like um, like Christmas Vacation, mm-hmm. because w- there before our very eyes, worst possible case scenario the turkey, begins to unfold. The turkey is completely dry. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. uh, the 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 squirrel jumps out of the yep. tree, and the things catch on fire, and burns the, Uncle whatever dog runs on the table, hair, and you know, all yeah. That. yeah, and and uh, and and there it is. There's the worst thing. Our worst fears are realized. And they just start laughing. Right. And, and I think part of the appeal of movies like that is we allow ourselves to feel that 
and then we allow ourselves to feel the release and see, oh, look, Christmas wasn't ruined at all. Sure. It's the, you know, chopping off the head of the duck at the end of the Christmas story. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's smiling <laughs> at rah, rah, me. Rah, rah. Smiling yes, at it's me. smiling. Oh, chopped. <laughs> <laughs> and then laugh out loud, and we laugh out loud with them. Sure. Because here, but here, I'll, I'll throw out the cynical critique okay. of this. Okay. At least they're all together. Mm. Right? It's one thing for a lot sure. of bad things to go, you know, and, and sure. things don't turn out right, but it's something, again, like we... When it, dad isn't here, or when grandpa and is And that can be because or grandma or dad whomever. is serving in Afghanistan, yeah. or that can be because uh, dad lives in another house, because mm-hmm. mom and dad can't get along, right. or it can be that dad, uh, dad has now moved on. Yeah, you know, to uh, to something else, yes. to whatever is next. Right. Yeah, uh, and and that's cause for and and we should also say this because there's a growing number of people I've been made aware of, yes. who listen to us, who are neither married nor are parents, mm. or or have uh, you know ha- have never sure. been married, you know, sure. And so for some of them, it is they're uh, really bored. These people are <laughs> really bored. Some of them are. Some us. of them. I actually got an email from one recently, okay, and, and he was saying. That uh, that he he had reached a point in his life where he was afraid he was going to be alone forever, mm. and he thought, "I'm at a crossroads here. Mm. I can surrender to that and just you know eat mashed potatoes out of a tub while I'm watching Sports Center, uh, or I can say, okay, what do I need to do now? Work on me right. that will put me in a better position to have a healthy relationship moving forward." And so he listens to us for that re- as as sort of self improvement, preventive stuff, and to. Uh, to to try to get himself in a place where he can have the kind of relationship he wants to have long term. Yeah. So for those people, though, that's fantastic. It's not just that he's missing an actual person, right? Who used to be here, right? He's he's kind of wondering what uh, you know. Why can't I find someone? Why yeah. can't I find that special one? Right. Because, like we said. Some when the big moments happen, they're called nodal events. Yes. is the technical term. When those things happen, the first thing you think about is who can I share it with? Right. This is whether it's a holiday like Christmas, or you, know, you get a raise, or, or a promotion, the big promotion, or, or, or yeah, the graduation, you get that job that you've always wanted. Yes. Yeah, you get some new something, right. and you want to. You're hardwired, according to this uh, Jewish creation narrative, which I think has a ton of wisdom in it. Right. You're hardwired. To connect right. with with someone or someone's else, and when you look around and who do I share this with? Right. And again, maybe it's that guy in Afghanistan, or maybe it's that guy in Alpharetta. And uh, since I don't have an immediate person to share it with, or I don't have the person that I want near me to share it with, I don't experience joy. I experience sorrow. Yeah. Now, where I think you're going with this. You can obviously oh, tell okay. me yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. totally off, Let's right? Where I think you're going with this is that you would say that true joy that is brought about in this season okay. that we call Advent, mm-hmm. the adventure, like we've been calling right, it, been the saying, adventure yes. of something new entering mm-hmm. into our lives, that that true joy is not the absence of sorrow, that sorrow is present in joy. That we're not when we're talking about joy, we're not talking about happiness. Right. Which people would equate sure. with yeah, yeah, yeah. the absence of sorrow. Right. Because happiness, the word itself, 
is tied to happenstance yes. or circumstance, for right. that matter. Right. But a this is something different. That includes sorrow. Okay. A joy that transcends okay. sorrow. Okay, sure. All right, that sounds reasonable. Reasonable? Sure. We weren't we weren't going there? Well, we weren't, but that, we oh, can go really? there now. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, we, I, I thought we were going to go there. Where would you rather go? No, because I, it sounds like this is a giant build-up to, uh, this is where you were going, John, but... No, no, no okay, actually, okay. no. This is where I thought you were going. I think, you know, uh, uh, I think I've mentioned in here I before. don't even know you anymore. <laughs> I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> God, I can't uh, even predict. Well, hey... Rick Warren. We're not thinking the same thing because we're not wearing the same clothes. Same, <laughs> so. That's what happens. I put on a suit, and suddenly we have some difference. I had a whole different thing I was going to talk about. This is all going to turn into an intervention for you, and uh, I have... Right, yes, standing outside the room, or th- everyone that I love. They've written letters. Yes. Uh, <laughs> this is your life. Um, uh, Rick Warren, uh, pastor uh, of the big, purpose, big, big church. Purpose-driven life. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yes, yes. Uh, regardless of what you think about his politics or his theology, for that mm. matter, I think we can all join in feeling empathy for a man whose son, mm. after tremendously long and mm. arduous bout with uh, mental, illness. mental illness, right. uh, took his own life. Yes, and uh, and that was that. That is always a tragic event when uh, when a parent uh, sees a child. Um, Right. Yeah. Endure something like that, and then for it to end the way it did. Yeah, I've seen Tony Dungy talk about it when his 18-year-old committed suicide. And so it's, uh, so horrific. You don't want to think about it. Rick Warren has a beautiful metaphor about this, though, and it ties mm-hmm. to what you were saying. He said he used to think that life was like a roller coaster. Right. That there were ups and there were downs, and there were times of tremendous joy and elation, and then there were deep, deep valleys of sorrow and despair. And that was just part of the ride. Right. And 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 no matter how far you went up, you knew you were going to come down again. And no matter how far down you went, you knew you were going to come back up again. And uh, and he just thought that it was seasonal. Right. But he said the older he's gotten, the more he has come to realize that life is more like a train, like railroad tracks. Right. And there is a track of sorrow and a track of joy. And they both run concurrently, simultaneously, throughout all of your life. Yeah, he originally talked about it not about his son. He used that metaphor to talk about his wife getting cancer. Mm -hmm. At the same time, his Purpose Driven Life book was taking off. Right, so he writes one of the best-selling books of the last... Of all time. Yeah, of all times. And you would think that's a tremendous source of of joy and certainly uh, relief, you know, and all of that, and, and affirmation, and yet, simultaneous, his wife is diagnosed with cancer. And... They don't know. They're uncertain about her. Yep. You know, future. And he and I actually had a conversation about this. We were speaking at the same conference, and mm-hmm. I and because the exact same thing happened to me. Right. You write this best New York Times bestseller, Screen Free Parenting, and at the same time, my wife gets cancer mm-hmm. and goes through chemo and radiation. And it is this. It was a helpful metaphor. I remember when he sure. said it. It was very helpful for me uh, to understand that it's it's neither one is going to overtake the other. Yes. Right? Yeah. And they don't have to. No. There can be a coexistence that you can still experience joy while you're experiencing sorrow. And that's so hard for us because we to, we do tend to think of these things in all or nothing sure. states. Right. Binary states even. You know, joy is either on or it is off. Yep. I either experience joy or I experience zero joy. Like pass fail, like you were saying. Sure. It's like it's like a and this is gonna you're gonna this is gonna be a terrible analogy. So bear with me. <laughs> but I hate I don't like showers that only have one knob. 
Okay. Right? Because yeah, 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 it, it's, yeah, yeah. it's like it's like the old stereos yeah, yeah, that yeah. had the tone knob. Yeah, Remember exactly. The tone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Had bass no, and treble. Yeah, and that you was didn't it. even have bass and treble. You had bass or treble. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It was just exactly. one knob. Right, and that instead you get more sophisticated, and you buy an equalizer where there's like there's several different, many different yes. nuances mm-hmm. that you can create within. And now, of course, iTunes does all that for yes, us. Yes, but turning one on shouldn't have to mean turning the other off. Exactly, like experiencing joy eclipses sorrow. You can he, turn your bass you know, all the way up and your treble all the way up. It's not yeah. one or the other. I'm sorry to whatever her name is. Uh, oh, who, oh, oh, uh, the, the, uh, Megan Trainer. Megan yeah. Trainer. Yeah. It, it, sometimes it's not all about that bass or that treble. Sometimes it is about both, experienced in all of their fullness. I'm, don't I'm don't not follow touching, the metaphor. I am not do not, touching do that not one. follow that metaphor not very far. No, no, no. Because <laughs> she's not talking about music, and I'm not gonna go. Wait, she's not talking about music. She's talking about music, John. That's okay, all good. she's talking good. about. Yes, that's what, that's it's what all I thought. it is. That's yes. what I thought. That's what it's about. Um, I, I I think there's something here that's really important for us to remember, though, as we go through the holiday season, and and, and some of the people who are listening to this do live this almost. Norman Rockwell sure. life, you know, sure. they, they've never experienced divorce, they've mm-hmm. never experienced serious illness, and and we have, I have some very good friends who go to church with you, in fact, I won't mention them by name, but they have sometimes, they've on two separate occasions, they've come to me and asked me, why doesn't anything bad ever happen to us? Mm. Because they're wondering, like, does God right. think we're not strong enough to handle stuff like that? Sure. Or are, are we doing something nobody else is doing? Or are we missing something? Or what's going on? You know, I have a good answer for that, by the way. Let's hear it. That I learned from a client one time. Okay. And said, uh, when it, here's what he said. It was, it was very well stated, so i got to try and get it right. Okay. But he said he had some friends. You know, that they, he has known tragedy, mm-hmm. right? I got to know this guy over several years in counseling. He has known tragedy. He's had some friends that he's known, and they've said, why, you know, like just yeah, like that, why yeah. does nothing bad ever happen to us? And he said, that's because you're defining us far too narrowly. Mm. Because if it happens to me, shouldn't yeah. you also? If, if, if we, you define it broader and broader and broader, then you realize there is no real yeah. them. Yeah. It's sure. all us, and I begin to feel sorrow for the, for instance... I don't know if you've seen this yet. The things that's 140, going, yeah. so 140. 140 children between the ages of 12 and 16 were just mutilated and killed because their parents mm-hmm. are in the Afghan army. Do you and see this, that? Yeah, the, it's an this army terrorist group scaled the walls, the walls of a school right. and opened fire, and one young lady was burned alive yeah. and it, it, it's it's heartbreaking and when it was that there's right. the, the the shooting that happened in uh, and philadelphia and then there's this, outside of in montgomery the, county yesterday and the hostage situation in syria right in in in, in uh, i mean not in syria sydney, i mean in sydney australia, australia and uh, when you start to define us yeah broadly then you realize okay the guy who died yesterday and in from is one of us is one of us and you can begin to have those points of connection like you talked about earlier we're all we're born for connection. Well, one of my son's best friends, that was his grandfather. Mm. The us. Yeah. You, that's, that's my answer to that question. Sure. There, there's right? a, there's an, a, an old uh, a joke that a, a rabbi told me once uh, where he said, um, 
there were two guys, two old guys, and they were talking, and one of them kept complaining about everything that was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sick. I can't seem to get well. The doctors mm-hmm. can't tell me what's wrong. Mm-hmm. I've been to so many doctors. It's costing me all this money, and they've got me on all these medications, and it makes me feel terrible. And the other guy says, well, it could be worse. And he says, and then they're my kids. Oh, I don't want to tell you mm-hmm. about them. They never call. They never mm-hmm. write. They never yeah. come visit. And the guy says, well, it could be worse. And he says, and my wife, oi. My mm-hmm. wife is such a constant nag. She's like a dripping faucet. She won't leave me alone. And the guy says, it could be worse. And finally, the guy goes, how? How could it be worse? And the guy says, it could be happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is, uh, you know, you spent some time last week talking about, like, why your faith means so much to you. Why, well, what... The, why, the, why this narrative and this story... Why I prefer yeah, the sure. Christian story. I love, love, love... Of course. The, no, I love um, uh, uh, the story that just, just came out. Uh, oh, my gosh, and now I'm totally blanking on the movie. God. Which movie? Pi, Life of Pi. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. Oh, yes. Incredibly well written. Of course. And it, you don't realize it's a story about truth. And until you until the very end, yes. when which story do you prefer, uh-huh. right? And that there's actually that's not just whimsical. That's a that's actually a very uh, philosophically sound way of approaching truth. Mm-hmm. Is which story which do narrative you, do, do you, you prefer? prefer? And yeah. I choose the one that I believe for me offers you hope and the most encapsulation. Yes, and it offers the best encapsulation of the totality of the human experience. That was a lot of words. A lot, right of, there. Lot, a lot of words, of right? And, words. I, and I even used my hands in big <laughs> looping ways to try and encapsulate that totality. See, for me, this is one of the reasons why I think the the Jesus story mm-hmm. resonates so deeply with so many people, is because humanity has for years complained, yes, about all the things that are wrong with it. Yes, this is what's wrong with us. And from out there in the void, we have heard it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be worse. And we have a sense that it could be worse, somehow or other. It could be worse. It could happen to me. The, the Jesus story is Jesus saying, or the creator of the universe saying, let it all happen to me. Uh, I will join sure. you. So there is no longer you or us and them. There's right. no longer, you know, why doesn't this happen to us? Mm-hmm. It is happening to us now. I am now part of us. Mm-hmm. That is the... It's the ultimate know, the, the, inclusion. The, the Christmas word that gets used oftentimes is, you know, the angels proclaim that his name will be Emmanuel. Yes, God. Which means God with, with us. Right. No longer God is separate from us. God is now with us. And to me, I think that's... that's in the sorrow. Yes. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. In the pain. In the absence. Right. In In the, the lost. The, the suffering, in, the, in the, the longing, in the yearning, in the loneliness, in the pain. Do me a favor. Yes. Look up the lyrics to a song by Suf John Stevens. I love Suf that Suf John Stevens. So love his Christmas stuff. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, it's called The Worst Christmas Ever. Okay. Worst Christmas Ever. Right. Lyrics. Okay. Um, I love how he, in this song, and it's also a beautifully written song. It's got a banjo happening in there. It's this little folk rhythm thing, but it's cool. But So going outside, shoveling snow in the driveway, driveway, mm-hmm. taking our shoes, riding a sled down the hillside, hillside. So can this you, wonderful, joyous picture of Christmas. Can you say what you want? Can you say what you want to be? 
Can you be what you want? Can you be what you want? So this, this possibility, right? We talked about hope last our, week. Our father yells. Now the sorrow. Throwing the gifts in the wood stove. The wood stove. My sister runs away, taking her books to the schoolyard. The schoolyard. In time, the snow will rise. In time, the snow will rise. And then pause. This is the sorrow. In right? time, the Lord will rise. In time, the Lord will rise. Silent night, holy night, silent night, nothing feels right. They're together. That's the, that's the train tracks. Yeah. You know? That's the sorrow and the joy running simultaneously through our lives. Right. It's almost like saying, by saying the worst Christmas ever. Yeah. yeah those two words put together are encapsulating, and I'm saying I've got these big words, and, and <laughs> I'm really uh, not meaning to sound as ridiculous as I am, but it's encapsulating both, the joy and the sorrow. Yeah. They're side by side. They, one does not eclipse the other. The snow will rise, yes, but... The story is the Lord will rise. I mean, hope, right. hope as, is as there. a seed yes. is in the ground. Even as your father screams. I mean, it's a perfect scream free yeah. song, right? Because yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all exactly. we talk about. He's yelling parents and he's screaming, throwing right? Throwing the truth. Totally reactive. And, and even yeah. with that, and your sister reacting by running away, uh, you still have the silent night, holy night, but you also have this recognition that in, in the now, nothing feels doesn't feel right. 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 Yeah, there's a, a, a book that I found that's, that's really helpful, a guy named Dennis Holy, uh, called When the Worst... Wait, what's the title? When, when the Worst That Can Happen Already Has. Yeah, and it, it really is a book about resiliency. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? When, when you close your eyes and you imagine what's the worst thing that could happen right now, when that happens, what do you do? How, and, and how do you get past it? And he profiles various people who have managed to get past those things. Hmm. And that, that book has been remarkably helpful for me for quite some time. This guy, what, um, I'm, I, don't know, I haven't heard of it. Oh, uh, a, a therapist oh, gave that to me years ago. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I have I a buddy, I have uh, a buddy who, who he's a, he's a novelist. He lives in Austin. His name is Owen Edgerton. And I, Highly, oh, yeah, highly yeah, recommend. Yeah. yeah, you I've know Owen. He's a yeah. comedian, but he's also a, a sincere literary novelist, and he's an excellent writer. and And his last book just started with the premise: What if you're the one that left your baby in the back seat of the car? Oof! Yeah, in the hot, that, that happened in the earlier in this year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it happens every year to yeah. like twelve different, on average, twelve kids a year in the U.S. Get so what, left in the car and, and end up dying from heat exposure and, and, and yeah. all that. So, yeah. so what if you're that person? That's what he started his novel with, just that idea. Yeah. He Oof. wrote it as like a University of Texas professor a year later. Oof. You know? Yeah. You, you say, what's the worst that can happen? Is, you know, I, I, it's up there. Your child dying and it's because of your fault. Yeah, and, and you, you were responsible for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The, and, these, are, these are terribly tragic events and, and they are what? part of our reality. And the question that always must come is now what right now what now what am i left to do now what am i supposed to do so we have a lot of people and we've told them joy and sorrow are going to run simultaneously through your life and that's really tapped into the reality of a lot of our listeners right what are they so now what Hmm. so how do they 
you know, go go to church this Sunday and sing Joy to the World? How do they watch these uh, fabulous Christmas specials? Yeah. Or, you know, how do they go to their synagogue? How do they, right. you know, how do they join in the festivities of the holiday season without grandpa, without grandma, without mom, without whomever, without the significant other that they thought they were going to marry who jilted them, with, without the significant other that they haven't found yet. How do they find you know, joy in this season? The answer is trite, and so I, I hate even answering the question, right? <sighs> but it's what you just did. Breathe. <laughs> That's the answer. So maybe, <laughs> That was me, because I'm feeling some of these things yeah. too, you know? I mean, I, I, my, my life hasn't... I, I've had a difficult... Yes. 2014. Yes. And, uh, and, and so... I find myself, and I, I talked about this last week, I find myself going back to some of the kind of Eastern things just that I studied early about breathe. breathing. Yeah, just breathe. I, I'm writing this book to my daughter, you know about, mm-hmm. and this, the tentative title right now is More of This and Less of That. Yeah. And it's just these series of choices, small choices that to make the biggest difference. And I'm not. Well, I'm wanting to her to help because all 18 year olds are plagued by some black and white thinking. Right. That's the tone. That is part knob, of, and that's what um, uh, Richard Rohr calls first half of life thinking. And, and it's where our brains kind of operate in category. Yeah. It's either this or that. And so I'm trying to help create some nuance by saying, well, you can choose to do mm-hmm. a little more of this and a little less of that. And by making those nuanced choices, you will be amazed. Over the over time, how much better your life gets. So, first half of life thinking is single knob thinking. Going yes. back to what you there were saying you earlier, right? And second, and half, second is... half of life understands. You know what? I can have full this and full that, yeah. or I can scale it back a little bit at a time without taking away from this other. And when different songs play, I can have you know. So when, yeah, when I'm listening to rock and roll, when I'm, I'm listening, listening to, to classical, yeah, when I'm listening to. Uh, Christmas and Hollis uh, by Run DMC. I'm gonna, you know, put up the bass there, and when I'm sure. listening to Bing Crosby, I'm gonna put up the the middle section, you know, yeah. to, to have the vocals up. Anyways, th- th- what it means is you can ad- you can be adaptable as you go through, okay. right? And you can yeah. make small adjustments as you go through. And one of the things I'm writing, and it's weird, is. Uh, some of the things I'm finding myself saying, like some are easy. One, is, the first one is just respond more, react less. Yeah, and that's that's been our message here at Scream Free that's from scream the very free. beginning. It's yeah. Scream Free doesn't mean never react. Nope. Sometimes a reaction pulls is, out a gun, react. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, you know yeah, kid right. runs in the street, you react, <laughs> react. You know, but over over the long, just breathe and respond, right? Mm-hmm. And and but what I'm writing right now is, uh, and it's weird. I find myself saying, but I'm saying meditate more. Pray less. Mm. Now, th- Don't get me wrong. So you, got, like, you got a lot of hackles that just went up. Of what course. are you saying? We're supposed to pray without right. stopping. You know, we're yeah. supposed to constantly be in prayer. But in so many ways, the way prayer was thought of then then is different. Is different. From the way, yeah, and because way now prayer practiced. is a monologue that I deliver to whomever, and it, and it a lot of times becomes a Santa Claus wish list. Yeah, you know, it's a Christmas letter, which is fine. Right, but God, according to most religious stories, yes. please cast your you know wishes upon us. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it's also this time of pausing, breathing, listening. Even it is communing it, yes. with 
That's and, I think, uh, that, and that's, that's meditation. That Whether it's neglected, it's, yeah, exactly. And so I'm. Uh, she's she's been raised in a faith tradition, and, yeah. and and I don't know what her faith is going to look like. That's total. That's up sure, to her. Sure. But whether it, whether it's a religious sense of prayer or mm-hmm. a philosophical sense of prayer, which a lot of Buddhist is, it's just this sense of. Uh, Supplicate less, you yes. know, asking for yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah. don't say, "Don't do it." Please do it. Of course, right? Uh, but meditate. Don't deny more. your desires. Right. You know, don't push them down or away. Go ahead and get those out of the way. But spend some time breathing. Yeah, just breathing. Yes, doing nothing but listening to your breath, away from your phone, mm-hmm. right? Away from the constant distractedness of our virtual reality that we live in. Don't know if you saw it yet. Sixty minutes special. I haven't seen it. It's, I've got it yeah, taped, yeah, yeah. I, I, but I watched it. Uh, it's it was fascinating on meditation, mm-hmm. right? On mindfulness, and it was Anderson Cooper who went to this three day retreat, and how difficult it was for him to shut it all out. But I was on the uh, radio in Houston uh-huh. uh, over the weekend. Uh-huh. Um, uh, one of the radio stations there likes to bring me in and uh, open up the phone lines and, and take questions and things like that um, uh, on Sunday nights. And uh, the guest that was following me, I, I had it on, on the internet, I was listening to it, uh, the guest that followed me was talking about some scientific discoveries they found, mm-hmm. and he was talking about from a specifically Christian perspective, but he was talking about prayer mm-hmm. and prayerfulness, Right. and as he def- defined it, prayer includes a, a talking and then a listening okay. portion as well, which is what you're talking about, just being sure. mindful sure. and and being open and being receptive to to uh, to input. And he says that part uh, is is part of the complete package of prayer, and a complete package of prayer actually can rewire your brain. Yes, it reboots it. It, it, it yeah. uh, and it has some very very healing properties. This mindfulness, this breathing, this listening. This meditation that you're right. talking about can actually uh, perform brain surgery. It's it's like, and this is this is going to sound so weird, right? <laughs> you, but it's you've given us a lot of yes, things today. Sorry, this sorry. is going to be a terrible metaphor. Yeah, it's going to be a but, terrible metaphor. But okay. um, it's like allowing your brain to go to the spa. We take yeah. our bodies to the spa. Sure, well, right? I don't, yeah, I'm no. weird like that. Yeah. I know I should. You don't like massages or anything. I don't. I I had a negative uh, experience One with a massage. One bad massage, and oh my gosh, uh, it man. was so uncomfortable. Massages. I was dating a woman, uh, and her mom. It was, was her mom. That's yeah, just her wrong mom to begin was, with. Was uh, studying to be a massage therapist, and she had to have a number of practical hours, and so. That's, that's either the pre- taking pre- off your clothes in front of your girlfriend's mom. That's, that's just... either a premise for a horror movie yeah. or a porn movie. Yeah. One of the two, <laughs> and, and either one of them should have told you this is not a good idea. It was. It, uh, not, it was such not a good. Not idea. a good idea. Anyways, for the rest of us who don't have who this get to weird, go to creepy, spas yeah. where you're, you know, you have the foot rub in the the different uh, bath beads, sure, right? Sure. And then you've got the full and. The lady with the elbow drilling into your back and <laughs> it hurts, but it feels good. But taking your brain to a spa yeah. is is what meditation is. And, and what's great about it is you don't have to be doing it at an actual spa. You can do it in your office, right? You can do yeah. it in your car. You, yeah. you can just breathe. I had, a, I had a mentor, who another one, who passed, unfortunately, a couple years ago. And he just gave me a... He was a big practitioner of meditation, and he just gave me a sound. Mm. Right, that I don't yeah. never repeat. Nobody else nope. will ever yeah, hear yeah, this yeah. sound, but it's yeah. just a sound, sound that I do, and I can do it in the midst of a meeting. I can mm-hmm. even be doing it while talking with you, but I can just 
this sound as and it has this you know if they put a functional yeah, MRI sure. on my yeah. brain they would see that process uh, um, who's the big rap mogul um, uh, uh, Russell, Russell Simmons. Simmons yes and he is a big practitioner of, of yoga yeah. and meditation and has a the stillness of success or something mm-hmm. like that a whole thing on how med- he credits meditation with everything sure you know? but it's again and again he comes back that's how I experience your mind yes that's and, really what it is and whenever people do that. It's almost universal that what they experience is joy. That's remarkable. Yeah. Because it, it's, an, it's an ability to see it all. Both the sorrow that is so quick to gain attention in front mm-hmm. row and center yeah. in our brains, yeah. and yet the joy of so many amazing things that are happening as well. And isn't it, this is what it just occurred to me as you're saying this. Mm. We want joy so badly. We're pursuing joy so diligently. And it, it always eludes us. Mm. When we allow joy, like, like when, when you stop pursuing it, again, this is very Eastern, you know, sure. but when you stop pursuing it, it finds you. Right. Because it's already there. This is the case with so many virtues that we've been talking about. We've been talking about virtuous behavior. So many virtues elude us as long as we pursue them right? and find us when we are open and receptive to them. When we still ourselves. When you still your mind. Right. When you quiet your mind. When you empty yourself of all of that busyness and all of that to-do list and all of those shopping and uh, cooking and entertaining and cleaning and all of that stuff, when you can drop all of that, right. joy finds you. It awaits. And, and the thing is, if you're pursuing joy, you're leaving it behind because it's where you are when you're still. It's waiting for you when you're still because then you can gain perspective. Mm. And instead of seeing who isn't there, you're able to connect with who is. Yeah. And that's waiting for you, but as long as you're pursuing it, then you're running away from it, actually. It's the paradox. We end up fleeing joy instead of finding it. Mm -hmm. And the song that many of us will sing this weekend, wishing joy to... The world. Not just me, but to the entire world. Joy will elude us all as long as we think it is somewhere out there that we must pursue. And it's of our effort. Again, and we this... can manufacture it, or that we can... Right. Yeah. And this is what, I, again, another reason why I love the story of this season is what we're supposed to concentrate on is making ourselves hospitable to someone, something that is going to come to us. So the, the lyric of the song is, let every heart mm-hmm. prepare yep. him room. Right. Prepare, make room for joy. And the way that I know to do that best is breathe, is breath, is meditation, mm-hmm. is allowing that to come. And the difficulty is everything in our society speaks against that practice. Yeah. Go, 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 go. Everything. It's Stores like, are going to open at 8 o'clock oh. on Saturday, and there's 24-hour shopping available on Amazon.com, and you can go, 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 go. So now, 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 now. 
you know and and the only now that we have is the one uh, that awaits us when ironically we stop yeah. pursuing it yeah you know? it is here that is what jo- where joy is to be found yeah well okay glad we solved that it's easy <laughs> Easy but not simple, right? No, it's no, no. It's simple but not easy. Oh, that's what yes. I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. simple. Well, just right. breathe. But uh, yeah, just ask breathe. me. Ask me tomorrow if I actually took time to do that <laughs> today. Right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. To you must chill the weekly podcast on all things scream free. Two guys trying to figure out how to calm themselves down so they can grow themselves up so that they can uh, get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week. Peace. <laughs>